Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book I do the review, put it up here on the podcast for everyone to download and listen to. Joining me today is Juliana. Say hello Juliana. Hello everyone. And uh, we've had uh, quite a busy week. Um... Well, not just a busy week. No, why Why do we have two books lined up that we need to review now? Because I wasn't feeling so great and you were uh, to, uh, oh, in traveling. the UK. You were yeah. traveling. Then you were also a bit exhausted and stuff. So it's just yeah. life. So yeah, it's just I re- realized actually one of the reasons why uh, we didn't do it is because I was traveling back, back to the UK for, for five days to visit family and things, which was very nice. And while I was yes. there, I had an audiobook to listen to. Yeah. And uh, here's how I decide how to read some books sometimes. You know, if I'm not sure, if like I'm thinking, oh, what book should I read? And there isn't a, a book review, or there isn't a book like specifically mentioned in the books I would like to see reviewed thread on Goodreads, yeah. on the SFBRP listener group there. What I'll often do is go over to Goodreads and there's a function where you can look at your to read list. Yeah. And then I rank my to read list um, by the average rating of general, you know, general average ratings and so on. Rating. So, ah, okay. so here it goes. That, uh, number one in that list is The Rhythm of War by Brandon Sanderson. And this is why, you Not know, a, surprise. A, a while ago <laughs> I, I read the next book in the Stormlight Archive to catch up with this very highly rated book. Next up, Perhaps the Stars by. Ada Palmer, that's the Terra Ignota to right. Like the Lightning series, book four. Probably won't get to that because it's probably going to be too big and not very good. Um, but it is highly reviewed. But and again, you, you enjoyed the first book. I enjoyed one. the first book. The second book was ver- also very good. The third book was a steep drop off oh. because it's sort of like, hey, there's this crazy world building. Now, actually, it's not about the crazy world building anymore. Now it's just those people. Mm. Now, who is going to be in charge? Those people, but who is going to be important? You know, like, okay. and okay. who's going to have what? And I, I don't really care about that switching round of like who's going to be in charge. And then there's a war for no reason. Like, why are you all following these people? Right. They're not offering you anything new. You know, anyway, don't worry about it. Uh, next up, Six of Crows by Lee Bagar- B- Bagudo. It's a, a fantasy series. Okay. Which was recommended to me by my nieces, um, by, by my sister's uh, oh, daughters. Yeah. You know, when I was saying to like, was it Esther or Deborah? I can't remember which one it was. Um, but Probably w- Deb, maybe Deborah. I think it was either Deborah or Esther. Anyway, they, I said, which, like, they are all, all their, like, teenage fantasy series that yeah. they like. I said, okay, but which one should I read? And they said, Six of Crows. So I will get to that at some point. Uh, next book, Network Effect uh, by Martha Wells. Again, these are all, like, series and things. Yes. The next book, well, let's skip one. Another book is The Outskirt of Secret by Ro- Kirsten, no, Rosemary Kirstein. Yes. Um, which is actually coming up soon. It is. No, the third book in the series is coming up soon because that's the one that you you finished reading you're going to review in the next episode. Yes. But here we go. In place number five, A Desolation Called Peace by Martine Arcady. Okay. No. Arcady Martine. Martin. Yeah. Oh, they switched the names yeah, around. Yeah. But just, just in this list because I guess they sort by a second name and this is like, how do you want it to sort? So they're yeah. presenting the information of how it's going to be sorted rather than how you should read it. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, somebody with uh, two with uh, two uh, first names. No, Arkady Martin is definitely a, a first name, isn't it? Martin. Martin can be. Can be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Um, so what do I want to say? You ended up with. Oh that? yeah. So I picked I picked this book because it's not um, a massive fantasy series yeah. and, like that I've just that I've just read some of, and it's not a book which I'm not looking forward to reading, despite it being highly reviewed, highly yeah. rated. Because the people who like the third book are going to go onto the mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing. So anyway, and, and also this book. is yeah, it's a second book. Yeah, and you read the first book. Not only did I read the first book, the first book won then won the Hugo Award that it, year. It did, and it's very highly rated. Now, what did I give it? Let's quickly have a look here. I gave it four stars. I thought it was very good. Then you read the book. Yes. You weren't on that podcast because I recorded it while I was on a cruise. Uh, so I, I didn't talk to you about this series, but you have read the first book. You've read, um, what's, the, what's the name? A I Memory actually made, I made some Empire. notes. I made, made some notes here about the characters. You read about Mahit Dismere, yeah. the LaSalle station ambassador going to the Tixkalani Empire yes. um, to hang out and hanging out with three seagrass and other people. Yes. And 19 Adzda and... Um, talking to the emperor etc yes i did read it uh, we didn't do a podcast together about it we didn't i did a podcast about it by myself and i know because oh. i recently went back like since finishing this book i went back and listened to my review of the okay. first book and we didn't record another it was one just me i was on a cruise by how myself. can i remember I recording cruising. a podcast about it no 
That's we weird. probably just talked about it because yeah, then probably. you read it. <laughs> yes. What did you rate it on Goodreads? Four stars. So also you liked the book quite a bit. I, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, I, when I finished it, I was like, oh, you, Liam, would like this book. Yeah. You know. And the things I liked about it was that the world building is good. The characters were very well, very well written. Mm-hmm. And also it was doing something slightly new with the like, oh, you're a person, but then you've got another person in your head. Right. Like, yes, you're carrying along a person. It's not just a split personality, but mm-hmm. there's like a main personality and then like the personality along for the ride. Mm-hmm. And that's been done a lot, yes. um, especially recently. Uh, yeah. Of course, the biggest one is Nine Fox Gambit, where you're like, oh, you've got this gambit where you're going to bring back the Nine Fox General. Great. He's going to be in your head, yeah. you know, and yeah. you're now going to be leading it and he's going to be slowly trying to subsume your personality <laughs> and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. What I liked about the first book is that they're like, that's what we do here. Put it in your head. And then you're like, oh, it didn't work. It didn't take. So a lot of the book is sort of like, I'm, I'm trying to pretend that I have this knowledge and this other personality mm-hmm. trying to help me out in the back of my head, but it's like, it's glitchy and it's not working. Yeah. And now I've got to get another version of them. But so in, by the end of the first book, um, she's actually got two different versions <laughs> of, what's that? I made a note here. Yaskanda... Um, Akav, uh, mm. who was the previous Lysel station ambassador to the Tisklani Empire, th- they want to continue over that knowledge and put it in her head, and then you know they yeah. slowly, slowly over time, their two personalities merge into one, and then when they die or whatever happens, they then get their memories put into the ne- or their personality memory things put into the next uh, person who then goes off to be and they go along there with like more stuff and and like the LaSalle station it's got such a small population like 30,000 people living mm-hmm. on this mining colony kind of thing that this is the way by making these chain personalities going back 14 generations yeah so any one person might have the very, very distant remnants of people's memories from 14 years ago, 14 generations ago, like yeah. 300 years ago, yeah. um, all the way up to the present day. And of course, the more recent ones are more powerful in their heads. And I thought this was horrific. Like the idea that you're like, yes, I'm going to volunteer to have everything about me subsumed into like the previous generation's Mm -hmm. wants and desires. But the whole book is this is always presented as sort of like a a positive thing. Like, yes, this is a good thing. Let's Mm -hmm. do it. Let's Mm -hmm. go for it. It's like, yeah, this is what I want. It's what people aspire to do is to continue these. uh, They mentioned in this book, these pilot chains. Yes. These uh, these are not chains. I can't remember. Whatever it is, like the chain of unbroken chain of command and um, memory is going back many generations i can see um just from not not remembering so much about the book yeah but uh also uh just thinking about the concept i can see uh a few things that are handy Mm -hmm. and a few things that are really unpleasant (laughs) and um i think the handy thing is that you you go somewhere and you know immediately how the the customs are yeah because they they tell you oh these traditions is like that you do this and you do that the other thing that i think is quite horrific uh, or disturbing is that there will always be generational conflicts because the older generation did things a certain way yeah and if you are part of the new generation um you want to do stuff different so um, you then do stuff different and then you have your literal ancestors in your in your head telling yeah. you... Don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. That's not how you do well, it. Well, that's the thing. It's like a complete... Like when you say something, you know, the whole idea of like progressive and conservative, mm. this is this is like the kind of yeah. thing that sort of conservatives want things to stay the same because mm. they work for the for the people who have survived long enough to have power in the system. Mm. Of course, they want things. They of course, they want to be conservative because they have benefited from the system as it is to be now in a position of power yeah. to. So, yes, of course, they want it to stay the same. So it is it's like almost the most ever conservative thing. But here's the thing. In that first book, I thought it was really subtle that I thought the whole system like the like the other reviews of this book or of the first book seem to go oh there's someone from like this small independent nation goes over into this um empire which is like uh you know cyberpunk dystopia mm. kind of or whatever it is and i was like no no i'm thinking i see it the other way around yeah. like yeah uh, or whatever i mean there is that, that how kind of like carrying someone in your brain in an implant is very very cyberpunk but um yeah i thought that the lacelle station was as dystopian dystopic or whatever as, as the, the previous empire. one yeah. this book delves into it anyway so the first book it's the memory called empire yeah they go to it's an ambassador to to the um the the 
the palace planet or the city, the city wide, you know, the, the planet wide city of the, which is, uh, you know, the capital city of an entire empire. Yeah. And everything happens right in the middle. And it's about court intrigue. It's about uprisings. It's about putting down rebellions. Mm. It's about who becomes the next emperor. Mm-hmm. And it's about assassinations. It's about, yeah, all the political intrigue. This book goes in a completely different direction. Oh, okay. Which is fantastic because, as you can tell by what I don't like about so many of these books, is that they do some fantastic world building and somebody in the end gets control or whatever happens. <laughs> and then the next book is sort of like, and now who's the next person who's going to be king? And now who's the next person who's going to yeah. be queen? And I'm mm. just, I don't, I'm not interested in power struggles for the sake of power struggles. So what they do is remove all of that. So in this book, they say, well, put it this way, at the end of the first book, they say there's a there's actually an alien, an unknown alien out there beyond our LaSalle station and the edge of the empire Mm -hmm. uh, instead of taking over us instead of like subsuming us annexing us yeah um uh, as lasalle station you should probably look at this external threat these aliens coming in and that's kind of where the book ends um of the first book ends yes this book picks up right all right there's a there's a war going on out there Mm -hmm. we gotta we gotta send out a team so suddenly all the action goes from the very heart of the empire way out to the periphery mm-hmm. of the it's like you know the first book is set in rome and then this book is set on hadrian's wall you know <laughs> yeah. or you know or, well actually they do this in the in the movie gladiator you know it start actually it's the opposite way around it starts on the on border the of the you know yeah. the fighting the visigoths and on the edge of uh, on the edge of the german border mm-hmm. i think it is even said it's sort of like in well maybe it doesn't say but it's it's clear that there it's somewhere in the black forest yeah um, and then they and then they go around the empire and they end up in Rome where yes. the heart of it. This is the opposite way around. It yeah. starts in Rome and now this action takes place like among the commanding generals, or most of it takes place at the commanding generals and the 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 um, the first contact with these aliens. Right, the outposts. Yeah. yeah. So it's first contact, but also space battles with the aliens, also pilots flying around and military commanding stuff. So it's a completely different setting for the book, even though the even though it's set in the same world, it allows for suddenly way more world building. Okay. Yeah. So from your description, there it sounds to me like um, it's more of a, a war book, like a, a like we had war movies, you know, like with no, Star no, Wars it isn't actually. It's not. No, no. Okay. It's, it's it continues on. Uh, let me think. It continues on with um, the roles of the main the main character in the first, who's the, who's LaSalle ambassador. Yeah. She well, put it this way: the first, it felt like the first quarter or half of the book was mm-hmm. like, hey, we had a team in the first book. Mm-hmm. We we liked, uh, you know, we liked um, uh, uh, what's her name? I wrote it down here. Uh, Mahit yeah. Mahit Dizma. Yeah, Dizma. And with with Yaskanda in her head. All right, good. We got those. We yeah. got that person. And we also need to get three seagrass, who was sort of like the 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 the, the assistant. She was like the the liaison in yeah. the empire, working for the information ministry. And we're like, well, we want to get the team back together. Yes. And we want the action to take place at the front and the front lines and a lot of this book which is some of the issues i had with the pacing of this book a lot of it is like right come up with a reason to yeah, get those guys back together get those girls back together yeah we need a reason for them to uh to yeah. go somewhere else yeah or and to, what are their yeah. motivations to go mm-hmm. to the front line and it's and it's pacing wise it's not good mm. but character motivation wise and how those characters play off into what empire is and what colonialism is and what the power imbalances between the Tixkalani Empire and the LaSalle um, station, yeah. um, which is this little mining colony. You know, uh, it's, yeah, it, it works, like it works really well. Mm. What what um, Arkady Martin has did with the first book, which I thought was really excellent, was those characters and the characters crossed with world building and the plot. I was like, Eh, you know, well, whatever. But yeah, that's, you yeah. know, sometimes it's not about the plot. It's about, you know, like the device, like what it, what it's like to have internal monologues with somebody when there's also somebody else in their brain and they're talking to this person. You know, there's lots of stuff going. This book finds ways to continue that in ways which are satisfying, interesting, but the plot isn't great. The, okay. Like the plot and the pacing, I found lack. However, it's made up for in the uh, in the way that that plot then plays out into other things. Okay. You know? Now, looking back at the first book through just on, on Goodreads yeah. and reading some reviews of other people, what the, the main uh, issue for other people also was the 
is also the 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 pacing in the first oh, really? book. You some just people out had some yeah, some people had, had troubles uh, with the pacing in the first book as well. So um, I think that is just part of the package. Yeah, like um, different kinds of pacing, but then the uh, the focus on other aspects of the book. Uh, I just want to interrupt here to yeah. ask you: Is are you going to talk a bit about the the titles of the book? Uh, I could do. I to be honest, I don't care about the titles. Okay. I don't think they're clever. I don't think they're interesting. Okay. And I think they uh, they are. It's like put it this way: the p characters in the book want to like be, writing poetry is one of the greatest things. Yes. In the book. Yes. I don't think any of the poetry in the book is very good. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, it's to not... Ours, uh, to your and our standards. No, no, it's not. Okay, there are some poetic things in the book, but there's also discussions from the poet saying, mm. that's a terrible metaphor. Like, why am I doing... <laughs> yeah. You know, like, they, okay. even there's even, uh, like, saying, like, oh, and it should be... It should, at this point, I should write a really important poem about this. Mm. And it feels like the books are... Ti the books are ti being given titles by one of the characters in the book who isn't a very good poet, but oh. they want to have two... <laughs> things put next to each other yeah. like an empire what is an empire memory called empire and then oh a, de a desolation called peace no was it yeah desolation yeah. called peace yeah. like i don't think it's good like those words together there might be some clever meaning there mm. i don't think those two words together are very good but i like the idea that uh, one of the one of the poets that um question themselves in the book uh, would give uh, the title to this book no I no think i'm not saying is, that is i'm no, saying no, no, that like I, I know, it's but... not a good i don't think i think a memory called empire i didn't discuss it in the first podcast because it's not Like I'm not saying that I'm fantastic at naming things. Mm. I am several. Like this, this podcast is called the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. Like this book Doesn't might as well be title. called um, First First Contact with Aliens at the Edge of a Big Empire. Like you can't call it that. Like yeah. you can't just have a descriptive title. Yeah. Um, I think what I like about the title yeah. sometimes words um, feel good. Um, I when we when we played Scrabble uh, a few years back when I was yeah. a child with my parents, I sometimes were left with letters. And in German, you have the weirdest umlauts and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And I just came up with a word that, for me, on my tongue and the way I yeah. and then speaking it, uh, sounded really good. And and I think the combination of the words, even though to me also it doesn't make a big sense, it doesn't yeah. bring across anything, but just the. The how it rolls out of the, the 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 on the tongue just feels good. A memory called empire, a desolation called peace. That is like, I don't mind what these words mean. Yeah, but that's the thing. It feels like it's been picked for someone who's just sort of like, what what words can we come up with which fit, fit yeah, this thing exactly. that from the book, which comes, you know. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. It's just I don't find it interesting. Like in the end, like in the end, it's not, I'll put it this way, this conversation that we just had here might be interesting. I don't find it satisfying. I don't find the okay. title satisfying, but it's not negative because no. it's just book but titles. This whatever. is why I wanted to ask you, because I think they feel good spoken. Yep. Uh, so the, the the big difference or one of the main differences in the, from the first book to this is that the first book was all written from Mahit Desmer's point of view, I yes. think. Or it's like the mass, vast majority of it was just one viewpoint. Yeah. In this book, there's like four or five different viewpoint characters. Okay. Um, we don't just have it from Mahit Desmer's Uh, does, does me, yeah. um, not just from her uh, point of view but also from th C Three Seagrass is like a major character in this book as well mm -hmm. we get a lot of stuff from her point of view also there's Nine Hibiscus Nine Hibiscus is the fleet captain out on the on the edge of the thing uh, I remember the that the name from the first book as well yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, Nine Hibiscus yeah. is uh, Nine Hibiscus was one of the main rivals to the throne in mm. the first book mm. uh, and then was pretty much fired and sent to the front lines out of like, oh, we'll send you to it's war a, it's over It's a good there. way of uh, getting rid of yeah, somebody. Yeah, it's the classic, yeah. you know, mm. what is it, David, was it David? You know the um, uh, the the song, uh, uh, well, of course I know you know the song, Hallelujah. And they're yeah. sort of yes. like, yeah. she, um, he saw her bathing on the roof, something, something. This is a story of David and what David did. And he, Samson. He coveted, no, not Samson. Uh, he uh, okay. co coveted another woman's another man's wife okay. and says i want that wife yeah. for me okay 
And so what he did, he sent her husband into battle, hoping his uh, the husband would be killed in battle. Mm. And then he was killed in battle and then he took her as a wife. Okay. So it's one of those kind of things of like, how do we get rid of this person? Yeah. I can't just kill them. I yeah. can't fire them. Yeah. I can't, you know, I can't um, send them away. Like can't, uh, you know. I can't whatever. do it myself. I can't do it myself. But what we should do yeah. is send them to the front lines. Yeah. And if they die and there's yeah. that kind of thing, like, is that what happens? They're saying, oh, I was just sent to the front lines along with other people with me to fight these aliens and the people with me are like my political enemies and who mm. are my rivals but some people with you know so there's that kind of stuff and I liked that that bit of, there going on and then you get um, also Eight Antidote who was the, the spoilers for the, the slight spoilers for the first book that the uh, or what, what one of the outcomes of the first book is that the um, the previous um, the previous uh, ambassador to the emperor revealed that they have this stuff go like put the 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 um, the put the thing in the head mm. technology yeah. and the emperor was like hey if I have this technology and I grow a clone of me mm. once that cro- clone has grown up I can put myself in their brain die and then I can be the unending ever living empire em- emperor of the empire yes and so um eight antidote is the uh, 11 year old uh, boy um 90 clone. clone of the previous emperor yes and he's a main character in this book as well 11 years old yes okay oh uh, well interesting there's other thing oh i made a note here well okay look while we're on eight antidote let me talk a bit more about it there's this alien and because this is first contact, and yeah. they're like, we need a we need a linguist to come in and help it, and that's actually why um, that's why uh, Mahit Desmer comes back because she's a linguist mm-hmm. um, and and an ambassador, and they're like, hey, we need someone who's good at languages good and combination. Things. Yeah. yeah, we need to get someone who already has learned our language from the outside to mm-hmm. learn this kind of stuff. So they bring her as a consultant, and there's way more to it than that. But she's also there as a, cons- a language consultant to see yeah. if they can un- start understanding the um, alien language and start communicating with the alien languages yeah. and that part of the book is not great it's a bit weak because I, mean, I think it's a bit weak because i've read many 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 first contact novels where people try and work out um work out how the uh, other how to communicate, how to with- communicate <laughs> yeah. and what their other opposite culture is and mm-hmm. what their brains are mm. and if you have read any more than like five first contact books where there's two sides start getting start shooting at each other mm-hmm. and you're like, why are we even fighting? Like, what's going on here? You'll work out what's going on mm. with the other aliens. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not a bad version of that. But like, I kind of want someone to like really like. You want really, more challenge. I want someone to really surprise me with yeah. the first contact space space opera first contact. Like, what's the because there's only a few. To be honest, it's it's like there might be only a few ways out of it. You mm. know, mm. so. Alien contact? Is it like, uh, is it like the pattern jugglers, or is it like the um, uh, what's the um, Stanislav Lem book? The uh, that's been made into a few movies. Solaris. Solaris. Yeah. Is it like Solaris? Is it like super powerful, but we just don't understand it, and there's no commonality? And yeah. at the end of the book, you're like, I, I guess there's some. In- is it intelligent? What even even is the intelligence of the yeah. other side? And there's also like the really annoying kind of first contact where they seem alien at the start, but it turns out there's a one-to-one translation between mm-hmm. every word that we do. Mm-hmm. And they also just happen to have the same word on the other side, yeah. which doesn't even happen in human languages, let alone languages between. And that's the kind of, what's the what's the one, Andy Weir's latest book, yeah. you know, Project Hail Mary, yes. where you're just sort of like, oh, and it turns out they speak with chords and they have a completely different understanding and there's completely different everything is completely different but it turns out that you say the word the and they say oh that's this chord and they say the cat and it's like sat on the mat and like yeah. you just say those same things in the same order yeah. and you just get the same thing so I'm like oh you also just have verbs and nouns and How you know and adverbs handy. and you know yeah, yeah. everything just matches up one to one and you're like hmm also very unsatisfying. I'm not saying that either of these, but either of these can be done well, you yeah. know, uh, or can be done badly. And yeah, and then there's the middle ground sort of like they're alien, but we can kind of understand how they're alien, but we will never really be equals or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, so. That always reminds me of uh, the movie Arrival. Yeah. You know, where it's like we, we do have an understanding that we can communicate, 
but we don't have a language yeah to actually in the movie i thought that was the weakest part yeah well, because they literally do it with voiceover that's sort of like oh we worked out that these branches from this round thing that looks like blotted ink <laughs> and it's sort of like and then just literally goes into voiceover and goes and then we could start understanding their language i was like wait uh, in the book that was like of course in a movie it's so difficult with because yes. they wanted to get onto the timey-wimey the stuff yes. by the end of course um so now here my, here's my question coming yeah. for this part of the the book here um is the author relying too much on the character building that they have done before no I don't think they're relying too much on the character building because we get new characters all the time because in the first book there was like one viewpoint character and now we've got like five or six viewpoint characters okay. over time and then you have these interludes where you see some bits and pieces from other characters no actually I think the main strength of this book is the world building being reflected in the character building and then the characters doing stuff which makes sense within their empires and that stuff that's all the stuff that is really really good yes that, that yeah. wasn't my question my well, question was you said you weren't feeling very much challenged by this first contact mm. bit in the book yeah and what i'm saying is is that um if an author has put a lot of uh concept and thought into character building and world building it can happen that some other parts then fall a bit flat because you know it's difficult to hold uh, everything up on the same level right do you understand what i'm saying yes but i think this is I, it's not that they're falling flat i'm just saying Yes, yeah, even, thing, flat, even but... the, here's the thing if this book had been the cleverest first contact book that i read in 10 years yeah it's kind of the wrong book for it <laughs> you know what i mean okay but like, because this book isn't a, it's like there's a there's a story happening and there's politics happening yeah and there's a war happening and mm -hmm. there's first contact happening and they're happening like in different places in the book even though it's all happening in the it, like in the in like it, it's all happening at the same time in the book but there's almost two different locations okay they go and have like a face-to-face -face meeting with the aliens down on a planet meanwhile there's still space battles going on and they're like oh we didn't stop fighting for you to go and talk to the aliens yeah. oh, it's okay. just sort of like oh you go over and talk to the aliens we're gonna stay here fight you know that's it's but that is what the book is you know okay. that is what the story is yeah um, um, they, so a messy first contact. Yeah, it's messy first contact and slightly unsatisfying first contact. But it doesn't matter because, again, the book, it's even the characters in the book understand that there's big things going on here. Right. LaSalle Station is being like they don't want to be attacked or by, subsumed by the Tisclani Empire. The emperor back home has got like power struggles going on there and they're mm. doing all this kind of stuff mm. there. The what's happening with MC, 3 Seagrass and her career as an information officer. What's happening with Mahit Desmer, who is like really like she's like, is the LaSalle Station like what like there's politics going on there and there's actually in the ruling council there's different opinions about what to do mm. which one of those am i going to follow or am i going to be like take right. my own path yeah but she's got the brain she's she's she herself is obsessed with the empire mm. and likes the empire more than a home and she's got the previous ambassador who spent years in the empire Studying. literally yep. fucking the previous emperor <laughs> and literally fucking the new emperor like he was having he was fucking mm. Both of them, like, and so you're like, okay, well, talk what? about bias. Yeah, talk, yeah, like talk about bias. Like talk about conflicted, like <laughs> conflicted um, views and and motivation. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mahit Desmer has like got the hots for see. The three seagrass mm. and th three seagrass has got the hots for the Mahit Desmere. And then you're like, well, like, are you going along with her? Because this is the best move politically for LaSalle Station, best move politically for you. Mm. If because the, the memory thing in your brain was fucked up, they, mm. they want to take it out of you and just leave you without that and put it into someone else's brain, or mm. you just die. Or, no, it's, it's really like fucked up situation. Yeah. Or are you going along? Or are you going along with th three seagrass because you've got the hots for her? Mm. And but then it's really bad because she's from the powerful empire and you're not from the powerful empire and the, what, then whatever she says goes and you just have to go along with it because right. the empire is too powerful and you can't do it you're like all of that is what the, that all of that is what the book is about plus there's first contact okay you know what i mean so right the first contact can't be the biggest the best biggest and best first contact thing that i've ever read because it all of that other stuff is going on right and also their first contact. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, this is, um, I think it's actually quite a, a good depiction of first contact because th there will always be uh, people who have 
uh, like you have your own uh, struggles and not then every every struggle and everything just disappears because there is a first contact situation yeah, yeah. like uh, even if there would be now be aliens you probably still have to hand in your tax declaration yeah, yeah. That, like you that's know, always the thing so like what we need is we need an external threat and, 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 think, and in this book they're like actually the empire is so big that the external threat yeah, in that direction yeah, yeah. is actually kind happening. of a minor threat yeah, yeah. like if it gets bad yeah we can send mm. more ships we can do more stuff but we'll catch up technologically yeah, yeah. and we'll work out how to do it you know it'll be fine yeah anyway it's a it's a fun uh it's a fun uh a fun mix so um yeah what it comes down to aliens have some kind of hive mind which is really annoying that it's it's worked out at, oh. at, at many hours and many you know thousands of light years distance by no other than eight antidote the 11 year old emperor and he's sort of like are oh, you you're a wonder wonder child it's like it's like the Paul Atreides problem so oh. like you've been trained in this you've been trained in that you have access to all right. the best fighters you're sitting in on the um, meetings and he's yeah, just yeah. going oh no yes, yes. I mean of course yeah. that is what they were doing because he was being trained to birth to, birth for the, to be to the be next the, empire, the, emperor yeah. but in a way I kind of wish that that kid had been had way less time in this book it's actually an interesting character mm. but it that kid shouldn't be the one who's who solves as many problems in this story like mm. it's suddenly it's like a major character and he's like doing major things mm. and having major like impact on the story later on i was like like you're 11 years old and he keeps on saying yeah i'm just i'm only 11 years old nobody should notice me and nobody should do it and i was like yeah nobody should but then like big things swing on his decisions and what he does and it, and it felt that's one thing that's probably the thing that I think drags down the book the most apart from like the start of the book where I'm like I even made the note in the in the first podcast sort of like not sure, quite sure what the story is you know for a long time in that book you're like yes. what's the story here yeah. it takes a long time for you to work and in this book there's a long time when you're like why why aren't we at the action already mm -hmm. like it still feels like halfway through the book that this you're still moving things around ready to get the story started and then when the story does start eight antidote the 11 year old new emperor or next emperor or previously next emperor not great not that he's a bad character it's just that yeah. too much impact in the world right um another thing that uh, oh so also yeah so the thing that i want to m mention here is that each one of these three different factions the stationers the tigskalani empire and the um, aliens have some kind of mind and mind sharing thing the aliens have kind of a hive mind thing going on. Yeah. The stationers have a way to put stuff in the, you know, the, 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 the implants. implants in yeah. the brain. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, the Tizcalani, um pilots, they have this kind of mind chip that they put in or in a station that they go in and they can share each other's proprioception and other senses with meaning mm. that as a group they all know what each of the each of them are doing all the time so right. that they can also work they as a bit of a hive as mind a, yeah okay. yeah and they and they but then also emotions can bleed through as well mm. and uh, and and so there's some mind sharing going on there so each of these three different places seem to have this like oh what are we doing oh, mind stuff and it's quite interesting to see their reactions to each other's like finding out about each other's things Oh, that's quite. But that might that kind of puts them on um, on diff uh, on the same kind of pl level playing thing. Can't, not really, but at least when they look at each other, it it's weirdly enough not that explicit in the book. Yeah, you know the, okay. the characters in the book aren't like, oh, we all have this different mind <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. no, it's not like no, that. But, no, of but it's a different approach for each one of them, yes. and they're written about from the experiences from different things, of which course. I thought was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, what what's this next note oh fucking 11 year old is the hero question mark just happens to save the day question mark what question mark mm. um my last note about this book is some of the writing is quite is is trying to be quite poetic yes and some of it and a lot of the writing feels very current you know yeah, uh, it feels very up to date in terms of you know, uh, you know, colonialism or whatever it is, but also like gender stuff as well because there's different characters. Like if you have a uh, someone in your head, like if you've got a chip of somebody else mm -hmm. in your head, mm -hmm. and there uh, that's a male character in your head or from a previous body of from a previous human who was male mm -hmm. and you're female, mm -hmm. and then that gets put in your head. What does that do to your to your um? Uh, desires or outlook or what happens there you know hmm. your, what's your what's what's then your gender and sexuality going into the next adventure well it depends <clears> really <throat> on how how much it uh, has um has you know flown together into one personality 
if it's like still really mm. two personalities, I think yeah. you are still quite sure. Yeah, about- and that's what switches over. And so when you get to like uh, different. Uh, uh, I don't want to spoil it. Anyway, there's some interesting stuff going in there. I kind of wish there was more of that in there, but there is. Anyway, but what I'm going to say is that a lot of the like writing and the topics and the themes yes. feel very, very modern. Yeah. But in some ways, it feels too, too American and oh. too, uh, too 20th century or 21st century American. Okay. At numerous times in the book. There's the line, this person looked like they came direct from central casting. And I'm not quite sure what that means. Okay. And also, I'm not quite sure what it looks like in that in that place. Like, what does Tix Kalani central casting means? Do you, have you ever heard the thing come, di- comes direct from central casting? No. Well, what it is... Well, what puts in my head, casting is like, if you cast a... Uh, like a mold, like a no, no, no. You know, like so it comes from television and movie studios. Oh, and you need someone like quick. We need uh, okay. a policeman. So, yes, and you're like, casting. who's an yeah. actor who played a policeman? You get P- a pool. pull in the policeman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, go get direct to central casting and find someone to play a policeman. Or we got a dancer. Like, yeah. go down to central casting and find someone who's a dancer. So that right. I think the term direct from central casting means the most obvious person who should fit in that. What are you looking up now? I'm looking up the author. Oh, okay. Direct. I'm going to type into Google direct from ce- central casting to see where this... T- I should have actually looked this up because I made a note about this. I guess I just didn't think. What does straight out of central casting mean? Over the years, the phrase has become a popular saying to describe someone who has the traits that fit established stereotypes or archetypes. Okay. So there you go. Go Direct from central yeah. standards is the most standard person. Here's the thing. That doesn't tell me anything about them. You're like, this person is a model, direct from central casting. So what? Just Gen- a generic? Gen- they look generic? Yeah. Is that what, like, so your world building and character building is, here's a generic person. And I'm like, oh, like, but it happened a, a, a few, like two or three times in the book, there was the phrase, di- like, right from central casting or direct from central casting. I was like, I, you're not, again, maybe it's because I don't know, I'm not, I'm not steeped in the term. It's not a term that I hear all the time because yeah. I'm not from Los Angeles. And I don't work in television and movie production. And I, I just want to look what? up the author now. Okay, okay. I'm going to turn yeah. away from you. Yeah, go for it. You can keep talking. I don't. I finish my point. Okay. Until you until you look up the author and say what your point is, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> I don't have anything to say. You, what are, you, are you in the Goodreads app? Yes. You know that the Goodreads app is awful. The iOS app on Goodreads is worse than useless. You have to go to the main website to have any functionality at all. They decided to make an app which was the worst ever app. It says, you know, what's great about Goodreads is there's links everywhere and information everywhere and you can get to anywhere from anywhere and sort anything anyway. All right, Arkady Martin, you've looked she, at it. She's as old as I am. Yeah? Mm. She's 27. <laughs> I, oh, thank you. Aww. <laughs> no, um, uh, where is she from? The United States, New York City. New York City, yeah. Central casting. I guess there's central casting on Broadway or whatever. She, well. It says it's funny here. She, it says she's a historian, city planner. No, no, you and, have to also talk into oh, the microphone. She's a historian, city planner, and author. Yes, yeah, so like oh, that. city planner. I like <laughs> that combination. Yeah. All right then. Well, that was a good diversion. Good, good job looking up. Uh, well, I also look. Her parents are classical musician musicians uh, her mother a professor of violin at Juilliard and her father played the the orchestra of the Metropolitan Opera yeah. so obviously there is some um connection to artists yeah. and performers yeah. so yeah, maybe, maybe that's again, where that phrase comes from I, again i have heard the phrase before i, I know what it i know what it's for i've always heard it in the terms of in the terms of like in a review of something there's a piece of artwork or a movie or a play or something mm-hmm. and now I'm going to review it mm-hmm. or set, talk about somebody I've never heard it I don't think I've ever read that phrase in a book in the brain like in the point of view yeah. character of somebody talking about somebody else yes you know because I don't think other people look at other people in real life and think of them as movie characters or book characters or characters in a Broadway stage yeah because the way that you interact with people isn't isn't as though they are a cast of something so these this phrasing i guess what i'm saying is it kind of pulled me out of the book in Mm. a bit Mm. you know yes 
Like it's like someone walks in the door and the person said, "Oh, that person entered stage right," and you're like, "No, there's no camera here. There's no audience here. Like if they're to your side, they're not on stage right. Like you and me looking at each other. It's like suddenly I start talking to you or talking about you instead of saying, "Oh, Juliana's sitting in front of me. She's got a microphone in front of her face. She keeps turning to the side and talking away from the microphone when she's reading, and then she turns back. You know, there's ways that I can talk about you, but I don't say wide shot." Zoom in on Juliana. She picks up her iPad and is frustrated by the Goodreads app. You know, like that. I wasn't frustrated. Yuli- Juliana has had a very good haircut that she got done in um, the uh, the makeup booth by the makeup artist this morning, and the wardrobe person put her in sweatpants because it's her last day of work before she goes back to work tomorrow. Like nobody talks about the costuming from the point of view of the production of a play yes. or a movie yeah. when you're actually just interacting with people in real life. Yes. So it was, again, we've now literally talked like 10 minutes about the, the, the two yeah, phrases in the book direct from that's, central casting. That's why we do this podcast, because we talk about this, these little things yep. uh, for too long. Let's head over to uh, uh, Goodreads, and I'm going to look up. So this book in total has got a 4.39 rating. This Again, this is why it was near the top of the, it was in the top five books uh, in my to-read list rated yeah. by other people. So, And it's got a 4.3 average rating on, um, on mm. among friends of mine as well. That's pretty good. So uh, Diva it. Diana gave it four stars. Um and is mostly frustrated by the lack of proper formatting in the uh, in the advanced copy that she got from the thing. Uh, Lig Yuana rated it four stars. Paul Spence rated it four stars. Um, Zivan rated it five stars. Um, so uh, Zivan says on. On one hand, this is a brutal and unforgiving universe where uncounted lives are crushed in the unforgiving wheels of empire. On the other hand, our young pro- young protagonists are given carte blanche to find their way and work to change the world for better without being crushed in the gears. During hard times, it is especially nice to spend some time in a universe where hope is encouraged. And I did not get that reading from this book at all. <laughs> not that that, but not that that isn't can't be found can't be, in here. Yes. But I thought it was unrealistic that the young people were sort of like, oh yeah, the empire is at stake and all of this kind of at stake and these kind of things. But yeah, go off and see what you can do. And I was like, these are teenagers. Oh, they're like the the way that the book is written. These are quite young people. Like mm. they're at the start of their careers, mm. and they seem to just be given out out uh, out of whack kind of like freedom Position, to do what they want yeah. and sort of like oh yeah we're having this first contact with the aliens yeah I guess it's up to these two kids over here and I'm like whoa like not mm. really well but yeah. yeah so there is hope in this book but it's not from it's just for me it feels very like um, calculated and political that the people need fall guys and they're like oh we'll send the hopeful people in because <laughs> they want to succeed anyway. anyway maybe not they have hope they still have hope um, yeah. yep I, so, I just read yeah, some Greg, four stars. Colin, four stars. Michael, yeah, lots of four and five stars here. So no wonder it's highly rated. Kester rated it two stars. And Mikey Long Chadwick rated it three stars. So when, there are a few So when ones. did this book come out? Like this year. It's this from year. Uh, it's from uh, March the 2nd. March so I read okay. the first book last November. No, yeah. two Novembers ago. Two, yes. November 2019. Yes. And then this book this November. So yeah, I had a two-year gap between. But hey, look, if the third book comes... if When the third book comes out, I'm definitely reading it. Okay. Especially if there's like a new location or like a new a place new, to yeah. go to. Yeah. Um, because it actually felt like, hey, we're on the edge of the empire here. Mm. There's stuff going on here and there's like, you know, like the legions are like eyeing each other. Oh, the, the legions on this in the same empire, like on the same side, are still eyeing each other and going, hmm, what's going on? You know, should we do stuff? Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's. Uh, I'd like to see where this goes in the future. Sounds good. Do you think I should read this book? Either, yeah, no problem. Again, it's a good book. There's good. nothing, like, there's nothing bad about it there's a few things which i found unsatisfying Mm -hmm. there's a bit of writing which i was like weird weird turn of phrase that takes me out of the book and it does take a while for the story to get going but Mm. that was all of that was in the first book you know yeah taking it taking too long for the story to get going and and a little bit messy but this is only her second novel the first first novel wins a hugo award and things and becomes super popular and this this as a follow-up novel is really strong like yes. way better than you know like Anne Leckie did you know what was it the the um won the Hugo award for the whatever her first book was the Antelope Justice yes. her second book was sort of like and now all the interesting thing about that we'll forget that because we don't need to tell her backstory mm. anymore and she's going to hang out on a planet and drink tea and I'm like no no wrong direction and mm. this book goes in another direction which I am happy with which Good. I like and I yeah. found interesting because it gives a new 
new avenues for world building and new avenues for character building and interesting political stuff. Yeah, that's that's good. Plus a bit plus a bit of space battles and first contact on the side. That, that's uh, also a nice sprinkle. Yeah. In. Okay, I want to just give some more back uh, story to to the author because I think it's interesting. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, first, it says uh, she has been publishing science fiction since two twenty twelve. Yeah. But I guess. Uh, the first big novel was uh, a memory called Empire. Uh, second, um, she um, got uh, a background in history and uh, got like a Bachelor of Arts and then a Master's Study and a PhD in medieval Byzantine uh, global and comparative history. And I, her dissertation title could all almost have been um, a preparation for for the novels she's writing. And this is the title. Imagining pre-modern empire, Byzantine imperial agents outside the metropole. Yeah. That's the title of a dissertation. Yeah. It's like... That's what this book is. She's yeah. Writing, yeah. She's written her uh, dissertation as a novel. Yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if this was sort of like the story of so like like just taking stuff from history which isn't as well known about unless you're a um a scholar of Byzantine whatever whatever. Like, yeah. No, apparently the Tiscalani is meant to be like I I only it's ever a pick mix. this. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mix of different empires, but people yeah. say, oh yeah, this is like South American Aztec, Aztec stuff. Yeah. And it's one of those issues that sometimes I miss the author's notes or I miss the like I don't because I don't read the blurb or I don't read the forward. Like mm. this is often what happens. Like if there's a forward by the author I'm probably going to skip it if there's mm. a, something like mm. where the the author tries to explain what their thought processes were or what mm. they want to achieve with this mm-hmm. book and that happened to me before by i think it was um by uh G- G- jemison what was it nk jemison yes um and she wrote this book and i read all the way through to the end and it was only when i actually checked out some reviews where i knew i worked out or i was told oh all of the all of the empire in this is based on like ancient egypt fantasy mm. rather than medieval fantasy and i was like oh that's why i had problem like pronouncing some of the names or yeah. like working out what the names were because that's all that's the, actually what came across in yeah. the page mm. if i was primed to know mm. that all the statues should be people like standing in funny angles mm-hmm. and there's hieroglyphs places and maybe mm. some pyramids or mm-hmm. you know stuff around like none i don't know enough about ancient egypt to be able to pick up all of the stuff that is would be signaling to me that right. this is ancient egypt fantasy rather than whatever generic princes in castles fantasy yeah. could be there yes and that's the same kind of thing and i even this time going in i knew that teeks kalani in fact the first time because it kind of sounds like aztecy lots of x's and mm. long kind of things um but even now, I still don't know. I st- I still don't know what what South American Aztec Inca whatever it is you know w- Mayan anything that's from South America or Central American like uh, pre uh, pre you know conquistador stuff it, that's meant to be in this book is in this book because I just don't know enough about it. No, despite having visited Peru and visited some amazing places in you know in those areas yes. you know. And uh, seeing these different temples and massive, you know, massive cities which are just deserted and things now. What I just like about an author like this is that we that, you know, that there's going to be like a basis for um, like she has studied the Byzantine Empire. So she knows how empires uh, worked or like how how the impacts of stuff were. Yeah. So it's a it's a solid it's a person who has with solid knowledge about um, previous empires. Yeah. And might it be the Aztecs or the Byzantines? It doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't matter because no. Again, end, I don't think I don't. Again, if that is there. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. If but it, it doesn't it, jump out. If I'm out, not picking it, uh, picking yeah. up on it, it's just interesting world building. It's yeah. just interesting world building flavor and interesting it's, politics. It's one of those points that. Um, if you have, we have a book that has um, Bible references. You are yeah. a person to pick that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not. Again, if this was and, my and area exactly, of interest and expertise, you yeah, would great. be like, oh, this is clever. They put this yeah. kind of fact in it, and then yeah. this is, oh, I recognize that from here and there. So I think it's it's like it's these kind of safe places where you know if you if you are. Uh, a knowledgeable person in this field yeah. it's gonna have different secrets revealed to you mm. than uh, uh, a person that hasn't doesn't have that much knowledge but it can still be enjoyed yeah. by the people without the knowledge and yeah. i think this is definitely something that happens in this book yep anyway good book mm. four stars wow good 
Another four star. Well, yeah. I mean, I gave the first book four stars. Mm. This book is as good as the first book. Yeah. But I do have some issues. Has this similar issues? Uh, some similar issues. And in this case, some new issues. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we've got all these viewpoint characters. We've got to give them something to do. And I'm like, he's 11 years old. Yeah. You know, but in these... Uh... And there's some other frustrating things in the book, like fr- frustrating scenes, which come for... Like, if it happened in a movie, you'd be like, no, look! Like, yeah. you know, it's mm. like, no, don't go upstairs to the attic. Like, don't, when you're running away from the big <laughs> bad dog... Don't poke there's the no, There's magic... no running upstairs to the attic. I'm just trying to think of a trope don't where every... Poke... Yeah. Don't poke the magic uh, magic tree in the middle with of the pan. Sword. With a yeah, sword. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, yes, now I understand. But also, I know, or have... I think I do know that in uh, previous empires, yeah. there were children put in power positions. Um, and th- it, there yeah. is this kind of stuff that did exist and stuff. And stuff. Mm. That's not my issue with the book. No, I <laughs> That's not my issue with the young people. All right, let's wrap it up there, shall we? Okay. Thank you very much to all our... Uh, what do I say here? Listeners? Listeners. Oh, uh, thanks to everyone who recommends books to me. Yes. Because then the next book I'm going to... Uh, the book that I'm currently reading is direct from the um, books I would like to see reviewed. However, I'm really struggling with it. Ooh. It's not... It's very... There's some... It's very interesting... Mm. But it's not good or enjoyable. Oh. And I want to talk about it, but I'm only 25% of the way through. And I think, I, let me give it a bit more mm. and then I can pass judgment on it. Because I, I'm. it's it's weird that I'm finding something so interesting and yet not enjoyable. Okay. So I want to talk about that book. But the next book that we're going to review is the next book in the Steerswoman um uh, Steer, Is it Steerswoman series? Yeah. yeah. I actually have it here. Yeah, yeah Steerswoman series. Uh you read and reviewed the Steers Woman, mm-hmm. and then you read and reviewed the Outskirters Outskirters Secret. Yep. But I didn't. I didn't uh, read that book yet because I want you to get all the way through to the end of the series and then tell me if it's worth reading all the way through the series. Yes. Uh, and next up, you've already finished the Lost Steers Man, yes. which is the third book in the in the Steers Woman series by Rosemary Kirstein. And yes. We will record that podcast as soon as you have the energy to do so. Exactly. Um, and there's five books in that series. There's so you're, another you're more book than that is through. already published that I can read afterwards. This is yeah. the language of power is yeah. already published. Yeah. And um, uh, there are still books missing in the series. So it's oh. an unfinished series. Uh, that's why I said, I said there's still more to go. And But you said, no, it's all published. No, but I understand now that everything that has been published is available yes. to read. Yes. Right, I get it. Yeah. Okay, and uh, and then yeah, let's um, yeah, let's wrap it up there. Thanks a lot for listening. Oh no, no, let's say you can email me at Luke Burridge. You can uh, send me stuff there. Best place to get give you feedback can email, though. They can email you at Luke Burridge. No, you can follow me on Twitter at Luke Burridge. You can email me Luke at Juggling. But I'm just, I got really confused because I really want to say best thing to do is head over to Goodreads. Go to the SFBRP listener group. If you've got episode, if you've got stuff to comment on, there's a few threads which most people go episode feedback where you can just talk about the last episode or the any any episode. Any episode you just listen. Yeah, too. somebody was sort of like, yeah, I was just listening to Southern Reach trilogy podcasts because I was catching up with them. I was like, wow, that's like from six years ago or whatever. <laughs> they've, they've already become movies. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then also the books I would like to see review thread, which it really is one of the big things that impacts my reading or what books I'm going to get to yeah. next. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also thank you very much to our Patreon supporters. There's quite mm. a few people who are our Patreons, which is mainly for juggling projects, but also we have quite a bit of support from science fiction book review podcast thank listeners. Thank you so much. So go it's over so to, helpful. It really is at this time of year. So go over to uh, patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge if you want to throw a few dollars our way. There's not really anything exclusive for science fiction book review podcast listeners. What happens is that the jugglers who support us, they can listen to the an exclusive juggling podcast or they get juggling podcasts. As long yeah. as the patron support comes in, they still get podcasts on our other podcast feed. But yeah, this is different. So uh, that's it, I think, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.